Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales ops onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by EBSA, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement and is sponsored by the Global Sales Operations Association and the UK Revenue Operations Network. Hello and welcome to another extra special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today, we're joined by Vera Skoltesi, who is currently managing sales ops at a business called Yieldify. Now, Vera has extensive experience, nine years, I believe, um, in sales operations at a couple of different places. And we're going to dig into that. Also, I would like to understand a bit more about Vera's finance background and how that has helped in the world of sales ops. Um, So, Vera, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome, everyone. So first, let's go back and understand how you first entered the world of sales ops. And as I mentioned, I think I'm seeing a finance background. So was that the bridge into the world of sales operations? Yeah, that's correct. I started off um, in finance. I did my um, BSc in finance and, and accounting in Hungary at the time. And I had to work as finance assistant and then become finance manager um, kind of went through the ranks within finance and then become finance director. I think at the time it wasn't kind of um, a big thing being a sales ops manager or lead or anything like that, but somebody always had to pick up that job. I think just naturally somebody did it anyway. So at those organizations that I worked for, I started to do that. And I think it was just just so you know obvious to do it from a finance perspective, since, you know, we were doing the commissions and looking at all the deals and how the ops are evolving and, you know, how we could make it better, all the different processes, like finance is a very process-driven um, sort of department. And and I just feel like it, it just made sense and it happened organically. And it re- really did interest me. I, I think to begin with, I really wanted to be in sales, but back then, especially in Hungary, because the situation was completely different when I grew up, you know, it, it was kind of like we were in the last century, so <laughs> we're a bit left behind. Um, and and so it was kind of not a, a high profile position to be a sales manager at the time in Hungary. 
So that's why I decided to be in finance. But later on, you know, I was just naturally kind of gravitating towards sales anyway. And Got so it. as I started yeah. to do all those like different analytics and all that stuff and, and realizing the, the the importance of the processes, to, that, that to be introduced into sales and not just go with like, oh, I had a great conversation with the customer. So, you know, I did well and the other person didn't. So there's there's so much more to it. You know, it can be very um, pragmatic and, and you can introduce those processes and, and ways of communicating. And as we know, you know, all the sequencing and all the stuff we do these days um, is based on numbers um, and all the analysis that we do. Yeah, so that's, that's really the, the short story of it. <laughs> that's the story. So it's quite interesting how some of or many of the tasks that SalesOps now does used to exist in other departments, but then this thing called SalesOps formed and it pulled out those things into this new ops team, which I think is quite interesting. Um, but now I'd like to talk about, I, I think you've, you've done SalesOps at a few different uh, organizations. How yeah. the, did you have similar like challenges in each of those different roles or were all the challenges you experienced in those roles similar like did the did history rhyme or repeat itself um that's a really good question i think there's there's similarities and there's also differences and different organizations in tech which i spent most of my career in um there's a lot of similarities i did spend a couple of years in recruitment which is you know completely different so there's different challenges within that um industry and market um, to start with tech, or to start with the, the similarities, I would say is the data and the data quality and how people and the challenges of adoption, I think, of the different systems since, you know, everything is built in the system and then how you do the automation, how you do the adoption of the users and how you kind of configure the UI, um, which then, you know, help adoption or hinder. <laughs> um, but then, the the similarities is the quality of the data is usually quite poor when you join an organization and and, and try to organize all that the, the, organize these things on the platform um and to improve that sort of quality and i think that is just so important and some people start to look at the more complex problems or processes and start to run before they can walk right and i think it's just such a, like it's very basic and and it's it's really boring and nobody really wants to engage with that because it's all the deduplication it's all just looking for all the data setting up all those reports where you can kind of check that that data quality and where it stands but then you can't really do anything without it if you don't have accurate data you don't really have the information um and it's quite hard to then go back to salespeople. So it, it kind of takes, I think, a personality as well to then be very friendly, amicable, and also have this sort of um, kind of respect, I would say, uh, amongst them, because it's it's quite hard to, to have that with with, um, with the sales team, usually. Um and so I think I think that is the similarity. That is a, that is a big challenge. So when you when you join an organization to kind of have have yourself to be accepted amongst 
those people who are already within that organization and have done things in a certain way and to change that way. Um, and then to make them understand that this is not just, you know, nitpicking and it's not just something in, not, not, not a nuisance, not, not, not annoyance to them, but then showing them that this is what is the end result. And once you, you start to show that, you know, this is very useful to you because this is where you're getting the results from. This is where you get your analytics. This is how you can improve in your job. And this is how you're going to, you know, get through stages quicker, qualified leads quicker, um, all that type of stuff. Then, then it becomes easier. But this is, this is very similar across the board, I think. Sure. So would you say that then every time you did move on to work with a new sales team, whether that was moving to a different role or moving to a slightly different sales team within the same organization, would you say that you got better at building those relationships each time, e.g. your, um, what I guess your soft skills for influencing and adapting to teams improved? Oh, yeah, definitely. First, I think, especially because it comes with age as well and experience, um, first you try to, to go in a little bit bit aggressively is because you're young and you've got <laughs> um or you've got very little experience in how to deal with people on, on occasion and you know could kind of disregard other people's agendas or their situations and then later on you get more understanding towards these problems or towards people um only because you've got all that experience behind you then you start to start this whole assimilation into new organization a bit better and be more understanding uh, with the different circumstances of people and, and organizations. And, and you also, when you, um, when you get, when you start within a new role or a new, new organization, you start to slow down. Um, I feel like you've stopped to have the confidence not to change everything immediately, not to uh, try to look like you, you, you're you having an impact um, from day one, but to then, you know, just listen, um, talk to people, listen to, to why they are doing things, because very often those things that doesn't, that, that doesn't make sense. Um, when you start to interview people and find out why they are doing it in a strange way to you, it makes a lot of sense. So that's why I think it's it's quite important. But but I don't know whether you know it just comes with age. If if you can kind of can skip that sort of bit in the middle, I'm not sure. <laughs> sure. Now here, here's a big question: Do you think that as a sales ops person, you develop more in by doing one role for ten years versus doing five roles in ten years? Um, do you mean if you stay within sales ops? Yeah. Uh, so, so staying within sales ops uh, in both options. One option you stay in the same company for ten years, uh-huh. and the other option you do you do two year stints at five different companies. Um, the, I guess they both can be really beneficial because you might move, um, you know, into higher positions throughout time even if you don't switch uh, companies um i i am actually in a transition period because i have just accepted a head of sales ops role at a different company congrats so i yeah thank you so i i need new challenge i don't like it when you know it's stagnates. if i feel like i have done things in there 
there's nothing new and no, like I'm a, I'm a little strange in that way. I like change. I like I like new challenges. I like being pushed out of my comfort zone. And when I feel that I am I am in that, and I'm just repeating the same things over and over again, I do find new things to do and projects and everything. But I need like a bigger bigger change. I need I need constant challenge. So I think it's you know, I, I think it depends on your past personality. You can improve a lot within one organization. It takes quite a bit of time, even in, you know, when you get into senior positions as well, even then you need a certain period to then learn how, learn, learn a lot about the organization, the politics, uh, all those, uh, uh, the links between people and how they operate. Um, so it, it it is quite time consuming to then change from from one organization to the other. However, it it does happen within the big organization that you're being transferred from one department to the other, and it's all the same really because you have to meet new people. They operate differently, so it's it's quite hard to tell. Um, but I think both both of them got their um, ups and downs. So yeah. Sure. So I I think what my understanding of of the first part of your answer was that you're saying it isn't necessarily the role which will help you develop. It's more the challenge. And you can be challenged in one role, let's say, if the company is growing really fast or you get to move roles, just like you could be challenged in multiple roles. But it's not necessarily the, the fact that you had multiple roles. It's more that with a challenge in those roles. Would, would yeah. you agree? Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and also, c- yeah. congrats on on the new role. So, because you, 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 your okay. current title is sales ops, sales operations manager, and now you're going to yeah. lead a team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's great. So let's now. Here's a big kind of question I have in my mind about sales ops, and I've I think his like interview we're coming up to 130, right? So he's been in my mind for a while, Vera. Um, do you think that so could we split sales ops into 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 half where we have one half of the role is essentially coming in and firefighting dealing with issues and then the other half is like doing improvement like proactive improvement projects um and do you have some sales roles that are just doing firefighting and some doing improvement projects and so in your experience have you been doing both or with one role doing more of one of those than the other? I have been doing both. Um, but I have I'm on the same opinion as you are. I think it should well, I don't know whether you said it should be or it could be, but I think it should be split to a certain extent. These two roles should if it was split, they should definitely talk to each other and look at each other because what a person is if we split it, well, one person is firefighting, is that what the other person should be improving on? Because very often, you know, the, the tickets are coming through and it's about the same problem over and over again. And if that problem is not being resolved by some certain automation or process changes, then obviously that person is always just going to be firefighting the same thing. Um, but it's very difficult to do the same, to do, to do both at the same time. Um, and I know that by experience, because very often what you would want to do is in, introduce improvements and talk about those things. Well, me at least, because the other 
and it's a little boring. <laughs> um, so you would want to do implement those those improvements and, and make good like positive changes. But you're just so busy doing the day to day and and dealing with the tickets. Now, you know, if there's only one person, which is quite often the case in small organizations, then you have to put some extra time in there when you're doing the improvements and you're also dealing with the, the requests because you kind of get into this vicious circle that, oh, I'm just dealing with this and I never have time to, to make the improvements, which then results in more and more tickets. So what I have mm. been doing is that, you know, allocating some extra time in the evenings to then make the improvements, which would then reduce the, the request. But if, if, but if it's, but if, you know, if it's possible or, yeah, there are resources um, that let um, companies hire more people and split the role. I think it would be a great idea. Mm, yeah, you know, it, and 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 very often it doesn't have to be a a very experienced salesperson to deal with tickets, um, because more often than not, they are about the same things. Well, very similar things, or you know. A couple, like there's five different things, and like all of them are about the same. It, it, it makes sense. It's almost like if a graduation, you can get to the improvement work after you've come in, and for six months you've been doing the firefighting work. Um, yeah. So that's quite an interesting. That's quite an interesting strategy. Um, awesome. Now, I'd like to ask you about predictions for the future of sales ops. Are you seeing any trends? Or any new ways of doing things within sales ops that you think are coming within 2021? I haven't really seen new trends. I can see that there's, you know, probably this role is evolving and is needed. Um, I see a lot of role advertisements and I get approached quite often on LinkedIn as well. So, you know, that's just my personal experience um which you know didn't used to happen that often maybe two years ago it might be just you know because i've got more experience now but it but it also definitely is that um companies are realizing that they need this position um since their finance department's got to focus on something else or salespeople need to focus on selling and etc so they they don't really want to just hand it over to to a person piling some more stuff up on them and you know, people people talk to each other within the industry. If we're just like looking at tag, I you know I know so many people with moving around and they moving around as well, and we meet up again in different companies, and and people talk to each other about their experiences, or sharing all those experiences, how it goes with like a sales person, how what it's like if they have a, a head of sales or a sales manager within the organization, and how they can you know help improve and. Um, and and get better at these, um, you know, tracking KPIs or or improving their processes. Um, and I think people have recognized organizations and CEOs that this is such a crucial position for that to not to just introduce new processes, but push it through, you know, implement it. And, and so it's going to be reality, not just kind of a good to have and then, you know, stuck in the same kind of rut. <laughs> all time because there's nobody to to um to then implement it push it through make 
it, make it work. Um, I think it's just like having that kind of go-to person as well improves the the quality of communication between different departments. Um, as you, I'm sure you know, there's there's some friction between different departments, and this role is also helping that. And I think this this is definitely part of that added to the benefit of a salesperson not having to go to the finance uh, department because there's like there there could be a lot of conflict between them for for non reasons and and it's kind of like lightening that kind of conversation or understanding both parties and then communicating their needs in a in a better way sure. um so all of all of those things i think is kind of helping this position to thrive and mm-hmm. it will be needed because we are the ones who are showing that you know, all the CRM systems, like still, you know, it's only really just started that companies are looking at um, implementing all these systems that will help them operate. So, so many small and medium um, organizations are still working off Excel files. And, you know, it's just, just, just can't be the case anymore. They won't be able to keep up with all that happens. Especially, you know, with all the digital transformation that kind of happened so quickly as a result of COVID now, but we knew it before as well, you know, it was kind of like creeping up on us, but now it just happened all of a sudden and nobody can communicate in, in, in other way because we're all like sat in our office at home. You have to get on, you know, the Zoom calls, you have to use like G-sheets, you have to use CRM so you you know what's happening otherwise you're on the phone non-stop and trying to uh, figure out what's happening within your organization or with your colleagues or with your with your contacts and clients so yeah I, I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be thriving for sure sure what and I'm not sure if you're moving on to the new role or you you will still be the current role in Q4 but what will be your single biggest sales ops priority? Uh, during this quarter? So within the new position, I'm going to have to focus on self-enablement and um, I'm going to have to focus on, you know, the the SDRs. Um, So I'm actually reading quite a lot about it because the current organization has been around for about 11, 12 years. so we're kind of in that stage where it's no longer a startup, it's a small organization, it's growing really quickly. We're hiring a lot of people, but there's, you know, set processes. There's always room uh, for improvements, obviously, because, you know, things are moving fast. Um, but it's kind of trying to retain customers and obviously acquire as well. But but it, But the retention is, the most important part of it. Now, in my new role, it's going to be the acquisition and sorting out, you know, those databases and and prospecting and sequencing. So I think first and foremost, I'm going to have to focus on that, which is a big shift if you think about it. It's completely different focus within, you know, Salesforce. We're going to be using Salesforce there too. I have been using that for for years and years. So, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with that. 
Um, but now I'm going to focus on leads rather than um, the service cloud. It's more like sales cloud and, and kind of figuring out. And especially because leads is a bit of a funny one in Salesforce. So I'm trying to kind of find a good way to, to deal with it, like to build that, that part out. Um, I haven't been very happy with that in the past. So I'm just kind of starting to read a lot of books um, about how to how to deal with self, um, uh, leads and, and how to set them up and the different stages to move them within that early period um, and, and the qualifying criteria. So, yeah, just, just all that is going to be a, 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 a different challenge. Sure. And then the final question is, who in the world of sales operations would you most like to take for lunch? Um, I've got a friend called Andrea Kelly. Um, she works for um, Amazon, and she's she's an amazing sales person. Um, I'm fortunate to be able to pick her brain every so often. So I would I'll take her for lunch and then talk about this position for sure. Amazing. Vera, thank you so much for your time. I can tell, I can really tell that you are extremely passionate about the role. Um, and I'm super excited to see the next role you have and to see how you progress in this world because it's clearly like it was made for you, it seems. <laughs> thank you very much. I really enjoyed our chat. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com. 